0: What is up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Hort, and This is this is the NWA, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And as always, I am joined by the best of friends, uh, the, the, the greatest guys you, you could ever have on a triple screen with you uh I, I was i was gonna try to keep it going but i got nothing else there's will over just, there just, just wrap it up <laughs> gary wrap it up <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, out of control there. Uh, the smarmy one is doc And hey doc <laughs> what's up man uh, all right well uh we're coming off of an episode of superpower nwa superpower and uh it is going to be i've uh, controversial i think would be the word i would use like this one is going to be people are going to feel weird about this one for a lot of different reasons and uh exciting intriguing but uh some things didn't go how people expected i don't think and uh well we're going to get into that as we talk about the episode here uh did you guys uh <laughs> did you guys enjoy the episode i, I almost oh, what I happened it. there was, I was yeah I was just going to say, did you like it or did you, did you, did you, uh, did you watch it? I don't know what's happening right here. I short circuited, (laughs) I short (laughs) circuited my brain right before we started.
1: (laughs) Uh, I I liked it. I mean, I like any, any uh, NWA uh, wrestling program, never seen a bad one. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of loose ends here. We've got a lot of things going on and I think that's, that's, Indicative of, you know, the NWA has hit the ground running with this restart, going all the way to back for the attack, and ever since then, there's a lot of different uh, feuds, a lot of different things that have been kind of spiraling, and I feel like this episode of Power is a lot of these things and things we've been talking about for the past few weeks, and you know, you can't <laughs> nothing can be resolved in in one night, so. Uh, you have to adjust your expectations a little bit when you're talking about prize fight wrestling competition, like the national wrestling Alliance. Um, but I thought tonight was a great show. It was great. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. I got to hang out here with Gary and we were watching it together and Hmm. I don't
0: know where we'll We'll get into it,
1: but I thought it was a great episode.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, things, things are, uh, things are getting interesting. I think that, uh, some uh um again lots of controversy going on right now lots of uh lots of development i think we see a lot of tensions rising between people and as we move towards this big pay-per-view coming up obviously tensions are going to rise we've got titles that have to be determined and decided and and there are lots of considerations uh that have to be addressed between now and uh June the 6th so you know, it doesn't surprise me that we have a lot of controversy. It doesn't surprise me that things are heating
0: up. Um, and um, yeah, I was very intriguing episode. Yeah, it's just uh, I think what's going to happen here is there was, there was definitely some good action, but then also uh, just uh, some questionable decisions were made. Uh, some controversial things happened. So we're we're going to get into those as we uh, dive in here. But first off, we get a recap of last week when uh, Nick Aldis finds out about the Battle royal and when he told May uh, Valentine to shut up, uh, in case anybody missed that, uh, just throwing that out there. Um, yeah. And, uh, the, um, welcome back doc. Uh, Kyle was on that. I distracted. <laughs> we, we opened up weirdly with Kyle on commentary and he switched places for Joe Galley. Kyle's over there with Tim storm and velvet. And, uh, they're, uh, Throwing it over to Galley, who is standing at the podium with strictly business, and uh, Nick Aldis uh, addressing the the folks at home and Joe Galley and people in the crowd, saying that after everything he's done for the NWA, after all he does for this company currently, this is this is how this goes down. Billy Corgan's trying to bring back the Attitude Era, I believe he said. Uh, he said now in the year twenty twenty one. After all of this, we've got a fourteen man battle royal uh that's going to decide who the number one contender for the world's heavyweight champion championship is um he's very frustrated. you can see that uh he, he feels like he was left out of the loop on this thing and uh he talks about how they could have been the uh you know tom if pope hadn't run away from Tom basically that entire match and you know, that they, they, they would be the most decorated group in the business and this is how they get treated. And long story short, I'm sure there's something I'm missing that Rob's going to uh, bring up. But the, uh, main thing here is that we get out of Nick is he says, as of right now, since this, this battle Royal, he keeps hearing about champions, current and former champions aren't allowed in there. Uh, so he's gonna, um, he's calling off the tag team title match. Tonight, now I would think this has something to do with Tom Latimer standing right there, but I guess we'll find out. Rob, I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to you. Just, just let's let's hear your explanation for Aldis's decision making here.
2: Gary, let me preface this by saying that I love you, and you know I do. So don't take this don't take this in any other way than the spirit that it's intended. Okay, listening to you talk is like buying a Cliff Notes a uh, you know, cliff notes version of Macbeth, right? You're going to skim through and you're going to breeze over all the superficial things, but you're going to leave out all the meat and all the it's essential things. And so you don't want to use this guy to test on because you're not going to get, you're not going to get anything like substance. Just listening to that little monologue. You left out half of the half of what Nick aldous was getting at, which is exactly what I expressed last week. Okay. We think alike the champ and I do. Okay. And the point of the matter is that his, his umbrage was with the fact that now we are not, uh, we're living in the, in the attitude era not the gratitude era because we are treating the greatest prize in the history of the sport. And I'm talking about sweet Charlotte at 10 pounds of gold, the NWA world's heavyweight championship. We're treating it with the utmost disdain and disregard when you, when you determine its contendership based off of a 14-man battle royal. I said this last week. He just echoed what I said to almost to the word. I mean, you're going to willy-nilly throw 14 people in there, not under gentlemen's rules, not mano mano like a championship supposed to be determined, and that's how we're going to determine our number one contender. Not only is that an insult to Chris Adonis, who is the number one contender, but it's an insult to the champion who now is – is basically having to prepare for a crapshoot. Any manner of misfortune, luck, whatever can come into play in this. This is not how you decide a number one kinder. I don't care what you or will say. That's wrong. It's misguided. It's attitude era jabroni stuff. Just like he said. So let me get, let me let me point that out. Secondly, yeah, you you skip right over the whole point of why he's. You know why he why the strictly business is not participating in the tag team championship, and that is because they are a business. Strictly business is a business, and when you're a business, you have to protect the capital uh, interest. You have to you have to protect your assets, and that's what he's going about. And and you saw no objection there from uh, from uh, um, Latimer or Adonis. I think they're on board, and I think they understand, and I think they're gamers, and and they trust the leadership and guidance of the champ. So, you know, what what you said is true, Gary, insofar as you went, you left out all the substance.
0: Well, I feel like I just got to the basic point of it, but, you know, the doc had some extra exactly. stuff in there. And uh, anyway, I, I, I may buy that brand new Aldis T-shirt, but I'll never buy uh, whatever he's selling right now. Uh, anyway, Will, what do you think <laughs> about this segment?
1: Um. Yeah, so uh, I, I definitely sensed some surprise from Latimer and Adonis both. And I apologize. My internet is all over the place. So if I just drop out, just jump back in. Sorry about that. But uh, I guess Sunday night was Rob's turn. Tonight's my turn for internet issues. But I definitely sensed uh, when Nick said that, you know, some surprise, some shock from from Adonis and Latimer. Uh, I think they were chomping at the bit for a title shot, as anyone would for that, those tag belts. Um, and you know, honestly, and and Rob, I'm not trying to trigger you here any more than you already are, but it, it seems like that little bit of of kind of being guided by emotions that we've seen in Trevor Murdoch, and it's been the discussion. It seems like that's creeping into the champ, and he seems really taken aback by this surprise announcement. And regardless of what you think about battle royals and all that kind of stuff, uh, he seems to be just making some decisions on the spot that are impacting everyone in the group. And I just don't know how that's going to bode. I'm not going to assume anything. Uh, I'm just speaking from, from my perspective of you know what, what could be going on. I don't know. Speculation.
0: Listen, man, I, I saw Latimer's
2: You're not going to assume anything, but you just made a bunch of assumptions. Oh, Nick Aldis
0: said he's not going to – No, I'm not telling you I'm not
1: telling you their truth. I'm telling you those are my assumptions.
0: Nick Aldis says he's not going to do attitude yeah. Gibraltar stuff. And then, I mean, you canceling the main event, that's a – that's a real WWE move. Um, not mm. de- not delivering. Mm. I don't know. That's maybe I maybe I should throw jabs out here. But th- at the beginning of the show, by the way, this is our opinions are not representative of the NWA. So I apologize. Uh, Obviously, they're not. Um, and
2: yeah, if fourteen man battle royals are representative of the NWA, then my opinion is not being represented. Mm.
0: Just one man's opinion. All right. And, well, and
2: evidently the world's champion's opinion.
0: Uh anyway, one thing we could all agree on is that one of the toughest members of Strictly Business and uh one of our favorite wrestlers in the NWA right now is Tom Latimer, who is out there and we could argue all day on if we think he was uh aware of the decision making that was going on or not, but uh if you haven't heard it allow us to uh show you that we uh here at this is pro wrestling we also do our own show over at youtube.com slash this is pro wrestling or you can get it wherever podcasts are wherever you listen to them uh the show uh we do interviews we do you know recaps that sort of thing but this week uh for the show we had a re uh interview with the great tom latimer he was he hasn't spoken in quite a while and uh Thankfully, he was willing to sit down and and talk with the doc and I for a little bit and uh, just uh, express some stuff about himself. Tell a story, a story of redemption and just a great story all around from Tom Latimer. And uh, I think you guys would dig it if you check it out. And I just wanted to show you a clip from it if you haven't seen it already. And uh, here's a little bit of that interview with Tom Latimer.
3: When I kind of look back at my life, I go, wow, what? And don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful now and I'm in a, such a good position and I've got a great relationship and like, you know, I, I can run a household and I sort of just grew up, but I just look back at those 10 years ago, why did you quit drinking 10, why did it take you 10 years? And there were so many chances, so many opportunities and I just honestly thought I was I was fine and I was against the world and I was angry and drinking also helped me never deal to deal with any of my feelings. It helped me to helped me to just not care and so when i did quit because i tried to quit for several years then finally with with the help of kaylee and whatnot that was it It was it was time even though there was a million events that should have been the time Once i once i finally gave it up there was no crutch if i got angry there was no crutch you know if, if something bad happened So you have to deal with everything when you've not dealt with ten years of your behavior and your emotions and what you've done to people and the friends you've lost and the marriages that that have that have gone that have gone away and the the people that you've hurt. It's a lot to deal with. So you know, but it like again, it was the best thing that that I ever did, and I never thought I'd be able to say, I'm. And of course, I always have to be careful, always but I never thought I'd be able to get to a position where I'm like, I'm sober. I never thought I'd be able to do it. When I look back at all the opportunities that I've blown, all the people I've upset, how people view me and think of me, um, it's, you know, like I said, I wish I'd have quit 10 years ago.
0: So as you can see, they are a different side of Tom Latimer than what you're used to seeing each week on NWA Power. Um, so if you guys haven't, uh, already, please check that out over at youtube.com slash this is pro wrestling or on our podcast feed. And uh, of course, we, we do our own uh, social as well over at uh, TIPW show. Um, that's on all the social medias. All right. So I just wanted to get that out there, make sure everyone was aware of that. Uh, next up on the show, we get Mims versus Matt Cross, the big strong boy, uh, the uh, versus the NWA's resident aerial combatant. Um, and, uh, this is just, I mean, the only thing I can say about this is just a fantastic match. It's just like a good back and forth between these two guys. It's a TV title qualifier. And, uh, I did not know what to expect here. These guys were going at it, but the veteran Matt cross coming out on top in this one, when he's taking on the new guy Mims there. And, uh, so good to see Matt get a victory here on power. And, uh, he is going to advance on to face the Pope. It looks like, uh, Guys, your thoughts. Uh, Will, I'll throw to you first.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it. It's a fantastic match. Um, I love this matchup, just the two different styles, two different uh, skill sets, really. You got uh, Mims, big, strong boy, as you said, and uh, just kind of beefcake guy who's, who's great at what he does. And then you got Matt Cross, who's a little bit smaller. Um, but, man, he's got power, too. You know, don't sell him, no pun intended, don't sell him short in the power department because he comes in and uh, really makes presence felt no matter what match he's in. And that was the case in this match. And it was a great match. I I really couldn't tell throughout the match, which way it was going to go. And so until the very end, uh, it was just one of those great contests where, you know, it's back and forth, back and forth, and you don't know who's going to come out on top and Matt cross just edged him out right there at the end and uh, got the win. so Matt cross is now, you know, the, number one contender for the TV title. We did have some extracurricular activity uh, with the TV champ and Tyrus afterwards, which I'm sure we're going to get into. But uh, as far as this match goes, solid top to bottom. I thought it was, it was a great match tonight.
0: Doc, you're muted. That's how we like
2: you. I was, I was coughing. PhD. These these two are quickly (laughs) becoming two of my absolute favorites. Uh, in the NWM, I'm big on Mims, big on Matt Cross. Uh, in fact, uh, when I'm privileged to talk to uh, wrestlers out here in uh, North Georgia and uh, Eastern and Middle Tennessee, I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say my dream matches with Matt Cross, and he delivers, and I, he is one of my favorites. I, I would love – it would not offend me in the least to see him capture that television championship at some point or, or any other title, and this match definitely delivered. I was not surprised. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised either way, but Matt, you know, uh, M Dog as they called him, Matt Cross, just delivering that 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 high flying aerial assault like he always does, and comes out with the dub. Uh, fantastic match. Big fan yeah. of Matt
0: Cross. And well said about that that Matt Cross information. I mean, we even heard the champ himself say in an interview just recently that uh, you know if he could pick out an opponent, one of them he mentioned was Matt Cross. Said he and Matt Cross could tear the house down. He knows that. So uh, if uh, things go Matt Cross's way, he is well on his way to possibly making that happen. So we're going to have to stick with Matt and see what happens when he goes up against the Pope. But like Will alluded to, there was an incident afterwards where Tyrus and Austin Idol, who had been at ringside, make their way over to the podium and call out the Pope. And uh, the Pope comes out. He's he's aware of his surroundings. You can tell he's a little suspicious of uh, what's going on. But uh, essentially, Austin Idol ends up just congratulating the Pope and uh, saying, you know, I like what you're doing. You've uh, been successful. You've held onto that TV title, and you're getting closer uh, to the lucky number seven. offers to shake his hand, but Pope, not quite feeling that. It doesn't seem like he still thinks something's up the sleeves of Austin Idol and Tyrus, but it seems like possibly Tyrus uh, has other goals or Austin Idol has other goals in mind for Tyrus uh, doc. Do you have any thoughts on, on what you think is going on there?
2: Uh No, I mean, I want to commend um Austin Idol for recognizing uh, Pope's accomplishments at this point and, and offering to shake his hand as a gesture of, of, of sportsmanship and, uh, and gentlemanly respect. So um I don't know. I don't, again, I don't want to speculate on, on what's going on in Austin. Who knows what's going on in Austin Idol's mind. I mean, he's, he's a, He's uh like like the champ. He's a he's a chess master, you know. So he's always two, three, four steps ahead of everybody, and it'll be interesting to see where this goes. But uh, you know,
0: Will, any thoughts on that that interaction?
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't blame Pope for being a little skeptical. Um, and you know, all a legend in his own right and a brilliant wrestling mind. Um, regardless of what you think about his, his antics on the microphone and uh, as a manager. Um, but, you know, I'm a little conflicted because he seemed genuine, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where you're like, you know, you can feel, you can feel a turn coming uh, in his tone maybe. And you're just like, hmm, is this, you know? And so I think Pope's a little conflicted. I think, you know, him and Tyrus have a history. Uh, they had a great match that went to the time. And, so they're, they're kind of in a space where there's like, there's definitely some mutual respect there, but I don't think there's a hundred percent trust. And that was the vibe I got from, from Pope's reaction and his refusal to uh, shake hands with, with Austin Idol. So.
0: It's interesting. Uh, maybe, maybe Austin Idol trying to clean up his act as he welcomes more uh, students into the universal wrestling college, uh, which you can go to that okay. website, universal wrestling com. So, uh, if you want to sign up and learn from a man like Austin Idol, he's, uh, he's the, the manager of champions. So, uh, and, and Rob might, might tell you he might be, might be a reason that Nick Aldis is the world champion or what his first championship, I guess.
2: I mean, he was involved. He's not a reason at all, but he, he was involved. I, I did want to point out, uh, I, and I, I've seen this commercial a few times, but it just, it just struck me. He makes a, he makes a subtle Jerry Lawler reference in, in, uh, in that commercial. Did you catch it when he's talking about he's he's shaving heads and this and that? I'm thinking back to that that infamous Austin uh, Idol-Jerry Lawler cage match. I'm like, man, why did I not catch that before? But uh, we recently ran up on the anniversary of that uh, match just uh, a week or so ago, and so maybe that's why it's in the back of my mind. But, uh, yeah, I I thought that was a nice little subtle Jerry the King Lawler reference uh,
0: in there. Very cool. Um, Speaking of turning over a new leaf, another person that's been turning over a new leaf recently in the NWA is Aaron Stevens. Who's in the back with may Valentine and may is talking to him about, uh, where his head's at right now. And he's saying he's focused. He's trying to stay focused on the tag team titles. He's been working on, like we said, turning over a new leaf and, uh, may ever the uh, interviewer here lately, she's digging in a little bit further and asked how he's really feeling deep down inside, which uh, Aaron's like, well, you're going to need, you know, uh, a cup of coffee and uh, a therapist chair, you know, if you were to really get into that, but assuming you're talking about Kratos, uh, you know, he's, he's a little, you know, things are what they are, but he's trying to keep, you know, like keep his mind right and uh, focus on defending the tag team titles. And that's their goal tonight. And, you know, that's uh, as far as he's concerned, that's that's business as usual, it seemed like. Uh, but just curious there. Uh, Will, did you have any thoughts on the Aaron Stevens as far as the tag team titles go and everything?
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like his head's in the right place. Uh, I think he's fully aware of, you know, his own kind of turning over of a new leaf. And he's aware of the fact that he hired Kratos as a mercenary, as he said, to come in and help them get those belts. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the things I've been saying and, and we've been chatting about the last few weeks about them getting on the same page. Um, I'm a little more hopeful about that because I do think that Aaron Stevens, um, is aware of what's going on. So he's not completely removed from the situation where he sh- he's feeling shocked or anything. I think he's aware that he's evolved a little bit as a person and Kratos is being Kratos. Kratos is being the person that aaron stevens recruited him to be so that they could win those titles uh the question still is just can can that coexist in a championship match we didn't get to see that tonight unfortunately but we're going to have to at some point to see how this new evolution of aaron stevens works with the kratos the the dangerous monster that you know we all know uh how those two are going to coexist and defend those titles and that'll be the interesting thing to see
2: well said, Will. Very well said. And I'm seeing as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, man, where have we heard that before? Oh yeah, I said that. <laughs> I said the same thing. <laughs> the you, you're right, Aaron, Steve. First of all, let me take my hats out as I'm always obliged to do when May Valentine comes on. I'm always so impressed by her ability to interview and to always go after the elephant in the room. She's always asking the questions that we're contemplating. You know, we go and we have a little small talk about uh, how do you feel about them, you know, uh, strictly business pulling out. Uh, And the question goes on and uh, the answers go on. And then and then, you know, May goes for the jugular. Tell me what's really on your heart. I really want to know what you're thinking right now. Where do you sit with Kratos? She's thinking exactly what I was thinking, what Will was thinking, what you were thinking, Gary, what everybody who was watching was thinking. And then, uh, and then, uh, Aaron Stevens gives the answer. Like will just said that I articulated last week or the week before Kratos is a mercenary. That's why I hired him. We're not going to be best buddies. We're not going to be Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. We're not going to be beautiful Bobby and lover boy, Dennis. We're not going to be best friends. We have a job to do and that's where our union is relevant to protect these titles and all, as long as they're doing that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if that's their interest, then that's the only page they need to be on. That's as much of a same page that they need to be on.
0: I'm not going to disagree with that by any means. I mean, all you need is the to be able to count on your partner to be there and do his job. And that's what Kratos is hired to do. So at least for right now, that seems to be the goal. And there's no reason to believe he wouldn't uh, continue to serve that purpose. Uh, speaking of what Kratos does, though, I mean, the big thing here is you hire Kratos to be uh, a brute at a, a bad dude to go up against in the ring. Well, Sal Renaro, I don't know if he got the, the memo, our, our pal Sal. I mean, more heart than brains, as uh, as uh, Bobby Heenan used to say, I think it was. Or, um, But anyway, so he goes out there, and he's standing at the podium with Kyle, and he tells Kyle he, he's not calling on Tim Storm. He's not calling on Danny Deals or Mae Valentine or anybody. He's got to go this alone. This is this is up to him to beat Kratos and prove himself. Uh, so he wants Kratos, he gets Kratos, and it is ugly. I don't know another way to put that. Uh, Sal tries for a minute to get some offense in there, but otherwise uh, Kratos is just too much for him, man. Kratos completely demolishes Sal, and even toys with him just a bit there at the end. Could have gone for the one, two, three, picks him back up, Delivers another devastating suplex type move, and then that is it for Sal Renaro. You could hear Tim getting getting tense in his seat on the commentary position, like he just wanted to help, but he knew what Sal wanted, so he stayed out of it. Uh, doc, how'd you feel about this matchup? Sal Renaro versus Kratos. Um, I, I listening to Sal talk, I'm gonna have to take issue with your
2: comment that. We've got more uh, hearts and brains because I think this is probably the most like focused and deliberate and intentional that I've seen Sal Renaro in an interview ever. You know, and he even tweeted out um, uh, every champion was once a contender who refused to give up. And so I think he is was very deliberate about this, knowing the stakes. And he says that he says, I've got to do this on my own with no one else regardless of the cost. so I don't think he went in under any illusions that, hey, this is going to be a cakewalk and then I'm going to, and then I might not be, you know, I might get demolished in there. Someone's going to lose and it might me be. But I think that he is trying, you know, this is a man who is labored. He was the very first person ever to come out of a power curtain. The very first person. He's been here literally since the beginning of the power era, slaving week after week after week after week. And only recently in this, in this, you know, post-pandemic iteration, gotten his first win. And now he's tasted that victory. He wants to move on. He wants to make a name for himself. He this is his dream, he says. And so he's going to have if you're gonna make a name for yourself, you're gonna have to take on the big dogs. And and so he brings on and takes on credit. So I think it was deliberate, I don't think it was brainless. Uh, I think that that when you put Sal Renaro and Kratos in the same match, so you you kind of get an idea of where you are in the pecking order, and sometimes that's what you need. Uh, so this is not the end of Sal Renaro. I think now he's gotten a taste of this, and he knows what he needs to work on, when he needs to go back and fix, what he needs to work on in the gym, whatever. But I think you know, I I really. I, you know, you, you've heard Sal and I before, I I respect this man. We've taken issue with some, or I've taken issue with some of the things he's done or said in the past, but uh, I have to commend him here. I thought it was a very courageous and, uh, and noble uh, stand against uh, this monster, um, uh, the most feared Kratos. And, uh, you know, to me, the ending was a mathematical equation. It was a, it was a certainty that it would end this way. But, but, we might be seeing a new side of Sauronaro that we've not seen before, a more focused, a more intentional Sauronaro. And I'm interested in seeing where this goes.
1: Yeah, I think that you know, when it comes when it comes to fighting in general, competition, there's there's different types of fighters, there's different types of competitors, and there's different matches that you go into. Sometimes you go into a match. Confident you go into it to win. You go, you know, and you go into every match to win, obviously. Don't get me wrong. But when you are in a position like Sal Renaro, and based on his words tonight, uh, I think he's got something to prove. And sometimes part of proving it is stepping into a ring one-on-one with somebody who nobody expects you to compete with, and you know, give it your best. Now, I'm not here preaching moral victories. At the end of the day, the record books show wins and losses, and that's what matters, and championship belts, that's what matters. But I think for Sal as a competitor, um, tonight was a step in the right direction. I agree with Sal that we haven't seen before, um, and I think he's showing us, hey, it's not about going into to matches and, and fights that I just know I can win. It's about, you know, getting in there and working my way into that. I mean, any sport that you go after, you're, you're not a, you're not, you know, you don't go out and start shooting three pointers and just draining all of them. You start. And then I think he's trying to level stuff up. That was a step towards that tonight.
0: Yeah. Um, I, you know, just to be fair, I didn't say he had no brains. I just said more heart, but, uh, The, you know, I, I, I stand corrected. I mean, I do, I do believe that you're right about Sal in that, uh, this is an interesting side and a side of Sal that he's going to have to show more of, uh, to further himself in the national wrestling Alliance, because this is serious prize fighting and, uh, you do want to have the competitor spirit that he, he did show tonight. So we'll give him that. Um, all right, well then next up we had the women's summit. Uh, now I, at the end of the day, I'm always going to prefer to see these ladies, ladies hash it out in the middle of the ring, but for what it's worth, uh, there was some really good stuff with them, uh, hashing it out at the podium instead on this day, Thunder Rosa, uh, just bringing a tear to my, eye, bringing up Mildred Burke and the legacy of that championship and how important it is for her and that sort of thing. Uh, just, you, you got to respect that. Uh, props to her we we have uh, commonly referred to that title as the burke um so this just uh further cemented that i think uh but she talks about this is when you hold this title this is about respect it's about honor it's about being the top of the top it's the whole history lesson here and uh so very interesting conversation though with camille because camille does make some other points there on the side of strictly business and in her favor talking about that rosa preaches all these things but when it comes to respect and honor she's really only out for herself talking about she sees right through uh you could cover her face with paint but her true colors come right through and uh points out that she keeps looking out there she's she's uh, camille is in wa through and through but she keeps seeing thunder rosa pop on other shows all over the place so what's the story there is she dedicated is you know like where where do her loyalties lie essentially and this leads directly into as the argument goes on what the stipulations of their contest is going to be um so they're having a match 20 minutes she said and uh this is going to be uh the, the the steps between the two of them are thunder rosa is getting a shot at the number one contendership again. And Camille is going to be, uh, well, I'm sorry, that's what Camille's putting on the line. And then Thunder Rosa is going to be putting on the line that she, if she loses, cannot appear in any other promotion besides the NWA. So uh, cutting into that paycheck a little bit, it sounds like. So just uh, curious what you guys thought about this one, Doc. You want to go first? I already see you shaking your head.
2: Oh, no, man. I, I mean, were you talking about two of my absolute favorites in the game right now, uh, Camille and Thunderosa? And I don't want to see either one of them is wrong. I think they both have a perspective that's informed by their interest. And and uh, I think they both made <laughs> they both made valid points. I mean, Thunderosa mentions the legacy of Burke. And I, too, you know, was getting teary eyed because that that strikes a chord with people like myself and you guys and, and some of our other friends in the chat. Uh, you know, we call that championship that Serena deep wears. We call it the Burke that, that designation started right here, you know, and, um, you know, and, uh, so I appreciated that, but then, you know, I think that Camille makes a good point saying, look, I honor that legacy. I honor that legacy when I am, am in the gym, when I'm making myself the best I can be when I'm in this ring and when I'm here in the NWA, not in these other places, uh, you know, I, I'm honoring the legacy of Burke, so I think they both, you know, they both got some de- some zingers in there. If this were a debate, a presidential debate, or something like that, they both had some some you know some some one liners that are going to make the headlines the next day. Uh, I'm with you, Gary, though. You know, talk is talk, and, and to and, and to Camille and Thunder Rosa's credit, I think they're with you too, though. I think that both of them would much rather hash this out in the ring than in a in a debate or in a forum. Uh, and both of them have shown some discomfort in being in a forum where they're sitting there talking. Both of them are sort of, you know, they're, they're reluctant participants in this, you know, in this forum, you know, uh, format and would rather be in the ring. And if ultimately it's going to be settled there. So the stakes now just got really interesting. Camille throwing that stipulation about you can't participate in any other promotion. Um, so man, That right there, that right there sells a pay-per-view ticket, brother.
0: (laughs) Will, did you have anything you wanted to add on that one?
1: Try to, if my internet will allow me, I apologize for all these issues. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I agree. I think there's valid points on both sides. Um, I think that at the end of the day, we all just want to see it settled in the ring. And I'm just happy that we've taken a step in that direction. So...
0: Absolutely. Uh, well, then that leads into what would end up being our main event. We'll get to that part in just a moment, but slice boogie takes on Jack's Dane in a falls count anywhere match. Um, and it, you know, I gotta say, say what you will about the ending. And if you felt like that's what you were hoping for, but, uh, this, match as a uh, good old Jim Ross would have called it was well no I don't want to say bowling shoe ugly because it was brutal and it was beautiful it was violence and uh, these two took it to each other like nobody's business I mean it was everything you could want out of a match between these two bruisers and uh all outside of the ring and let me tell you something having been in the GPB studios that floor does not have any give to it and they're just dropping each other with suplexes out there on the floor and uh it's just disturbing When you see one of those guys uh, get thrown around like that, just land on that solid, solid floor. Um, Also the chairs come out slice boogie going after Jack's with the chair, which uh, draws some concern from Crimson. It seems like he walks out and uh, he's carrying a towel and it looks as though he might toss in the towel for Jack Dane. Not even sure if that's a possibility. But what I do know is that Crimson's waiting outside the ring, and Jax gets the comeback. He's he's working on Slice Boogie, but he goes for uh, a big blow at the uh, side of the ring there as Crimson's jumping up to get into Slice's face, and instead of hitting Slice, Jack Stain hits Crimson, knocks him to the floor with a very very hard thud, and uh, that would lead Crimson and uh, or Jack Stain. I'm sorry to be more concerned about Crimson laying on the outside and uh rather than continuing the match he goes ahead and tosses the towel in and uh gives slice boogie a submission victory essentially over uh jackson hayde i mean i guess you would call it a submission victory doc can probably clarify that but there you are i mean slice boogie staying on fire uh questionable you know you can question the tactics but the man's still there and he is undefeated in the nwa as far as i know so uh Doc, you you have thoughts on that matchup? Yeah, I mean,
2: you guys like to come on here week after week and talk about the tension between strictly business and and uh, Aaron Stevenson Kratos, but you never talk about the tension between Crimson and Jacks Dane. You know, you just like to gloss over that. And uh, and and here we are, obviously two guys, the War Kings. Now, one of the most decorated tag teams out there, two of the most decorated athletes one of the most anticipated unions in the promotion and one that I like a lot too. They're not on the same page. I mean, there, there, there should have been a discussion beforehand saying, look, this is Falls County anywhere or whatever. Don't come out. There, there, there's no reason for why is he out there with a towel in the first place? Like, does he anticipate having to come to Jackson? I mean, there's a lot of questions there for me. So, um, I think uh, y'all need to lighten up on the scrutiny over uh, Aaron Stevens and Kratos and Strictly Business to start scrutinizing what's going on here in this relationship.
0: Well, I don't think that we took anything yeah, away I mean, from...
1: I, no, I mean, we've we've been talking about it, but there's a difference between... Uh, being the uh, the champions and not being the champions. That's why we fixated a little more on Kratos and Stevens, but I'm with you, Rob, I you're, you're preaching to the choir on this one. There's definitely some tension there and uh, it's, it's, it's heading somewhere. Something's going to happen because it seems like every time we see these guys in a ring together or separate, the other one's playing a role somehow in, in how it ends up. So Something's going on there, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what it is because they're heading somewhere with it.
2: Right, and and Crimson was pleading with Crimson was pleading. uh, uh, Jax was uh, no Crimson was pleading with Jax to hey, I'm good to go. Go on, bring it home, bring it home. It's like when me and Gary were at the restaurant and he he had one, you know, one appetizer and sandwich too many. He was like Rob, go on without me. I'm good to go. And so, you know, I, I did. <laughs> I left him there and he found his way home. But, you know what I'm saying? It's like something's not right, man. Something's not right in, in there in, in the land of the War king. So Rob, we need to I, get an interview with those guys, Gary.
0: No, I, I think you're right. We got to see if those guys are on the same page. I wasn't going to argue with you that I, – I mean, I'm, I'm with you that th- these guys have not been on the same page since the beginning of power since this season started the they they could be the number one contenders right now if they would get it together they obviously could be the most dominant tag team in the business if they were just would just get it together and they're not but uh anyway speaking of eating some of the things you're saying tonight rob i could eat a whole bowl of alphabet soup poop out a statement smarter than anything you've just said so um Here's the next thing. the <laughs> the uh, we're uh we're moving along here. So we've got that confusion. Now we think we're getting our tag team match, and I just we had to get here because I gotta know, I gotta know what Rob's thinking here. Even Joe Galley, everybody, they're anticipating Aaron Stevens and Kratos defending the tag team titles against Tom Latimer and Chris Adonis, and instead, nobody can find any of them. Strictly Business is not even in the building, supposedly. So uh, that match is just canceled, and we get a very awkward ending to NWA Superpower tonight, and uh, one that's going to cause a lot of controversy. I think a lot of people were left disappointed. Uh, Where was the tag team title match they were promised and it was advertised? And uh, the only folks, it seems, to blame are Strictly Business. And was that good business, Rob? When you don't show up for the tag team title match that you uh, were promoted to be on,
2: I think that you need to. Uh, uh, I think that you need to uh, protect your capital asset. But I'm sitting here scratching my head, like, where were you guys at the beginning of this episode? The champ said there would be no match. He said it. Why are, is anybody surprised? The champ is the CEO of strictly business. He is the. He's driving the agenda. And he sat there and told the entire world, the entire NWA public, me, Will, and you, Gary, that this match wasn't happening. And so why in the world are we sitting here crying like we're shocked? We were told not to expect it. So maybe you guys aren't listening um, to what the champ is saying.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not you guys. Not anything. Because this is one time, just to show you that I'm impartial in all this. I know you don't think I am. But this is one time that I actually really agree with you. I was very confused that we even got to this point in the show that people thought there was still going to be a match because despite, despite my personal opinion about the champion, real world champion, Nick Aldis and his antics and Strictly Business and where I, you know, my perception of them and what they do, whether it's right or wrong, he is the champion and he is, as you said, the CEO of Strictly Business. And in my opinion, that should have been final. Uh, so I'm kind of a little befuddled too how we got to this point and we didn't just fill the time with something else. You know, he he told us clearly at the beginning of the show that the match wasn't going to happen. Um, so this might be a surprise, but I'm at this point, Rob.
0: Now, listen, I I appreciate nobody. Nobody, wait a minute, nobody's saying that. Nick Aldis didn't say this at the beginning. Yeah, you could expect, I guess, if he's going to deliver on his word, you don't get the match. My point is, is just because I tell you I'm going to screw you over, does that make it easier or better for you? That, you know, he just he took away a tag team title match from the fans right here. No, the, no, Gary, you got
2: it all wrong, man. He didn't take anything away from the fans. He's sending a message to Billy Corgan saying, you want to you want have some antics here and throw a 14-man battle royal? on me and you don't think I don't have any leverage to wield so here I got one for you too there is no tag team title match tonight I'm protecting the asset to me it was a reasonable move I don't care what anybody says out there in the twitter verse or out in the chat or out there or what you say Gary this was a sound decision he told us he was doing it and he did it he delivered as he always does today is the 934th day of this reign hashtag and still
0: your world's champion for a reason Gary Aldous is not the president of the NWA. So I don't know where, first of all, that he gets to make these decisions. Second of all, I don't know how <laughs> this is doing. This is, no, wait. Just because of his beef with President Corgan, he gets to decide to take away a tag team title shot from Tom Latimer and Chris Adonis. Does that seem like good he, he, business? They are acting
2: what? in concert. And no, he is not the president of the NWA. But the NWA is not just some... some you know, quirky, gooey substance flowing out there in space. It is a collection of talent. And when your number one talent is strictly business, then guess what? You're bigger than the president of the NWA. You are, in fact, the NWA. And so, you know, checkmate.
0: No, listen, I'm just saying this is this is clearly a man focused on his old, his old desires not as a collective not as a team not for strictly business if he cared about them he would want to see tom latimer with some gold right now he would want to see chris adonis with some additional gold he would be in support of a tag team title match to show the dominance of strictly business you know what it is that he's doing as he kind of he kind of alluded to it there it's just like he knows in that battle royal that there can't be any champions in it and you know who's not a champion right now that he's keeping that way? Tom Latimer. That's who he's keeping from it because he wants Tom Latimer to enter that battle royal and take over because he doesn't have to worry about Tom Latimer coming for his title. That's what Nick oh, man. is hoping You know for.
2: what, Gary? I wish, gosh, I cannot wait to see next time you talk or uh, have a discussion with Nick Aldis. I'm going to tell you right now, this champion right here is not sitting here on, on – perched up on a throne, cradling something and protecting it like no one else can have it. He is the—he will be the first one to tell you that he can. He will hold that title as long as he can keep it. And if it happens to be Tom Latimer that takes it or Chris Adonis or whoever, one day, maybe a hundred days from now, maybe a thousand days from now, then he'll be the first to say, I'm not crying over spilt milk. You were the better man this day and you're now the champion. But today is not the day. And he is protecting the asset against some maneuvering between Billy Corrigan and evidently Joe Galley, the mushmouth BDI questioner out there in in you know there the broad at his at, at his co- cozy little broadcast booth. But I cannot wait to see you engage Nick Aldis again. And you and you ask him that line of question like you're throwing out here right now behind in the protection of at the protection of your your keyboard there and your computer screen.
0: First of all, I said so, Rob, it out loud. You, I didn't type me, it.
1: Let me ask you this, Rob. Um, you talk a lot about us speculating and our perceptions and this and that, um, but that's kind of what we do on this show. We don't know. We're not. We're not part of the, of of the NWA and the business, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So we, we don't know. So all, this whole show is just speculation. We're just reacting to what we've seen. So in this in this instance, uh, and this is where you and I think are, are going to part ways. But you are interpreting the events of tonight's episode of power as Nick Aldis showing the power that he has and saying, okay, if you're going to put together a battle Royal without my knowledge, I'm going to take away the main event. Is that how you're perceiving this and not what Gary's saying about, you know, I got to protect Tom and make sure that nobody gets to me from this battle Royal and send him in there to, to, to do the bidding for me.
2: You guys are doing the assuming I'm just restating what Nick Aldis said. I'm just resetting what he, with very little interpretation. I mean, we have we have this battle royal thrown up, and then we have Nick Aldis making a, a a power move as the CEO of the most prestigious entity within the NWA, making a decision for his company and for the interest of his company. Nick Aldis isn't holding anybody back from championship gold. If it weren't for he literally for, held uh,
0: somebody uh, back from championship gold tonight. Nah, it happened. No, he at did the very not. beginning no, of the show. Did.
1: So they weren't gonna win.
0: Lies. What you're saying, Rob? So you don't think Tom so, Lambert and Chris Adonis could have beaten Aaron Stevenson, Kratos?
2: Don't be putting words in my mouth right now. Don't be. That's you not just what said I he said. Holding back for take, championship. You just program. said
1: he didn't take a chance away.
2: First of all, <laughs> I'm not 100 percent in love with y'all's tone. <laughs> <laughs> not
1: I'm not with you know to what this right be. now
2: secondly we only got a couple minutes and we need to get to the chat and i got an answer for you but i know there's people in here that need to be recognized and we've got also a big announcement from uh the champion regarding something coming up in charlotte north carolina that needs to be said before we lose our time
0: you're right before you're we right. Try to drop ah <sighs> dude your headset cut out again is that what happened, <laughs> so what happened? uh Yeah. All right. Well, we'll throw to the chat. You guys want to talk, uh, say, uh, throw, throw in what your thoughts are about this episode and uh, what you want to talk about, what your theories are. And uh, while we do that, doc, I guess, uh, why don't you tell us as of the latest superpower happened, what are uh, our personal, not representative of the NWA, uh, but our personal power rankings look like? Well,
2: we, we actually have some movement in the men's division. Today, uh, if you want to throw that up real quick, real. Uh, previously, you had uh, number five there with with Trevor Murdoch. Trevor Murdoch is only uh, is currently serving a suspension, and Slice Boogie, uh, as a result of his victory tonight, now sits at two and zero undefeated in singles competition, and he cracks the top five, uh, followed by you know right behind Tyrus, uh, uh, and then uh, the TV champion, the Pope. The national champion, obviously your number one contender, your legitimate number one contender, uh, not some jabroni who wins a battle royal. Uh, Chris Adonis, and then of course your world's champion uh, Nick Alva, sitting there at number one. And I don't believe uh, I don't believe that we have any shifting in the tag team division um, this this week or in the women's division. The rankings are still pretty much solid. You got Stevens Kratos there sitting at zero and one. Adonis and Ladder one and zero. Uh, Mims and Boogie one and O, um, Sal and Tim Storm one and O, and then Pero and Odinson sitting in O and one. Uh, by the way, this, this match was determined to be a no contest. So technically you're going to have, uh, you're going to have Stevenson Kratos sitting in O one and one and, um, and, uh, and Latimer sitting at one O and one.
0: Do you think and uh, then in
2: your win, Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, do you think, uh, Corgan's going to, uh, I'm sorry, President Corgan is going to be on board with uh, Latimer and Adana sitting in that number one position or for number one contender. I don't, I don't know that they're going to like. Do they get to continue being number one contenders after tonight?
2: I, I don't know. It's a good question, Gary. Your number one contender is supposed to be your team that's oh. most prepared and most qualified to uh, to to challenge for the for those. Belton, as far as I'm concerned, regardless of the very strategic and deliberate and intentional move that Nick Aldis made on behalf of his company tonight, to me they're still right there at number one.
0: All right. Now and we're looking yep. at
2: our women's division. Uh, obviously, Alex Gracia. Uh, we did not see a women's match tonight. Uh, the last match we saw was between Genocide and Sky Blue on uh, Power Surge. That was last week. Uh, but we got Alex Gracia sitting zero and one. Genocide at one and one. Thunder Rose at 0-1. Uh Camille at 3-0 as the number one contender, And of course, your women's champion, uh, Serena Demon. For those of you who are first-time viewers to this uh post show, let me r- remind you that these rankings take into account only matches since uh back for the attack, since the basically the post-pandemic uh return to uh, action of the NWA. So you're not gonna find um at you know matches reflected from the pre- Uh, back for the attack matches
0: and power seasons. All right. Very good. Thanks for those rankings. Um, There is a question in the chat that uh, I do want to reference here for you, Doc. But before we get there, um, you know, things are picking back up from the pandemic. Movement is starting to happen. And it looks like even things like the Aldous Crusade could be revving back up for business. Uh, Doc, you want to talk about uh, where we might see the Aldous Crusade uh, resume?
2: I'm gonna tell you man uh, say what you want about this champion but I think no one can legitimately deny that that uh, this is a fighting champion who if he could would be in that ring defending this belt every day every opportunity he guys he also understands that you know the belt doesn't have to be defended every day it's a it's a it's a it's a prize prize fights have you know you got to take time to build this up people have to earn their way and you know a match once or twice a month is, is appropriate and, and and whatnot. But, you know, there there have been times during both of these reigns where Aldis was defending this belt, you know, every week, sometimes multiple times a week. And we've got a defense coming up uh, very soon. Well, hopefully it's a defense. We don't know if it will be a uh, – we know there will be an NWA title match. We don't know if Nick Aldis will be in it because we don't know where the landscape of the wrestling world will be on That's July 24th point. at the – Yeah. At the yeah, gathering, you, I just wanted to point out
0: that I assumed he would still have it there. So you could rub that in if you'd like. But anyway.
2: <laughs> no, that's a fair assumption to make because we've got so accustomed to the dominance of this champion. And he very well might be, but there will be an NWA title match at the gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina on July 24th. Now, here in the immediate future, and I'm talking about in the next couple of days, yours uh your your Real world champion, the national treasure, Nick Aldis, will be at Celeb Fest in Baltimore, Maryland, Saturday, May the 15th. I'm talking about this Saturday, alongside names like the great Kevin Nash, uh, Mark Henry, and the legendary Ted DiBiase. Lots of names going to be there at Celeb Fest, so uh, get your tickets. Make sure you you make the pilgrimage out. The Bearded Trio and I uh, have, have made many pilgrimages out to places like Grimsley, Tennessee, very exotic locations. You know, we obviously are regularly in in uh, Atlanta. You know, if, if there were to be another defense in uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, you can best believe that we would be out there to 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 support the champ and and more importantly to support the NWA uh, as often as that championship and that prestigious title are defended. Uh, so um, anyway, you've got a couple of big events coming up. Saturday, May the fifth. This Saturday, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Nick Aldis will be present alongside Kevin Nash, Mark Henry, and Ted DiBiase and many others. And then July 24th at the gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina, the NWA championship will be defended. Will it be Nick Aldis defending that belt? I don't know, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a betting man and my money's on the dealer.
0: Uh folks like Lance Archer and Brian Cage also showing up at Celeb Fest it looks like. So a very cool event if you're around that area in Baltimore you should uh definitely check that out and go see the real world's heavyweight champion and make sure that Brian Cage and Lance Archer and Kevin Nash and everyone else knows that's who he is too. Uh that that if they want a piece of that action oh, they got to oh, come to oh, the NWA. Oh,
2: Lance Archer knows who Nick Aldous is because he was a victim of the Aldis crusade, by the way, this is a man who, who ran a over shot over protect, perhaps uh, every major piece of that roster. So, Oh, Lance Archer knows who the champ is. I promise you.
0: <laughs> well, Rob in the uh, chat, just uh, since we like to hit on the history, sometimes, you know, with the uh, stuff we do. In fact, we have a history show that we focus in on Uh stand in the chat. He uh, brought up. He wanted you to compare. Uh, he says, please mention the comparison of Nick Aldis's NWA World Title defenses to Ric Flair's variety of NWA World Heavyweight Title challengers. He says, uh, "Ric Flair's was repetition uh, on the. Uh, I think especially the, the second time around, maybe, or maybe it was uh, the this later is one.
2: this is a gentleman named Stanley Hitt, someone that I, I've uh, gotten to know um, on Twitter. It makes a really good point." And, and, and let me preface this by saying, you know, and, and the champ would be the first to tell you when you get to comparing champions from different eras, it's just that. You're comparing apples and oranges. I mean, they're, they're, there's essence, there are essentials within the sport. And it's not, you know, the worst thing in the world to say, you know, who is the greatest of all time. Because there I think there is a greatest of all time. And it's appropriate to establish a pecking order of who are the greats and who are, you know, uh, the, the – transitional championships and that but i think when we get to men like dory funk jr and rick flair and nick aldis and Harley race there the the degrees of difference between their greatness are, are are really just that just degrees of difference because we're talking about men who ply their craft at the very top of the game in the world and at any given point in the history of the world you know, a person has to be fitted for the time. And I think Ric Flair was uniquely fitted for his time, just like Dory Funk Jr. was and Luthez and Briscoe and Harley Race and Pat O'Connor and so forth. But there's no denying that Nick Aldis is suitably fitted for this time and and he's adapted to this age uh, in which wrestlers are bigger. They're much more genetically uh, impressive. Uh, and not to say that they weren't genetically impressive people back. I mean, look at the body of superstar Billy Graham and tell me that guy wouldn't fit in in today's modern rosters. But Stan makes a point that when you look at, when you compare a, a championship reign by Nick Aldis against a championship reign by someone like a Ric Flair, when you look at what Ric Flair was doing in the, especially in the you know early part of the nineties, uh, he was defending the title all the time, man, multiple times a, a week, sometimes eight or nine times a week, multiple times on Sunday. You, you know how the old saying goes, but it would be a series of matches against a singular opponent, Michael Hayes, you know, for seven or eight days, a junkyard dog, elegante, you know, dusty roads, whatever, nothing wrong with that. That was the way that the business was run in those days. The business has changed and it's not that way anymore where, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going out to a, a, a an independent venue or something like that, an independent territory, a promotion, working that for a night. Then you're flying out to the next one and you're doing that a couple times a month, uh, you know, several times over the course of a season, what's the the point that Stanley's making is that there is a there is a um, there might be a quantitative difference right now between what Flair did and when what Nick Aldis is doing is because Flair was defending it more, but Flair was defending it more against the same opponent. Whereas if you look at Nick Aldis's opponent, his, his list of opposition is so much more diverse. I mean, he's getting really the He's getting basically, and I, he's getting the dark version of of, uh, of defenses where he's defending against the cream of the crop, uh, and you know you you get your shot, and you might not get a shot again for a while. So you got to make a count then and there. Whereas Flair, you know, if he's fighting against um, uh, Michael Michael Hayes, he's Michael Hayes is going to get a shot at that title for about eight, nine, ten times in a row. So uh, you know that that's the difference. That we're talking about a, a qualitative difference in the reign. Um, uh, and a quantitative difference, but I think the champ would be the first to tell you that that, that's a feature of this being a different time in the sport. Uh, Rick Flair was suited for his time and in, in God's providence, me being a Presbyterian and a Calvinist and all that in God's providence, uh, it is Nick Aldis that is currently sits atop the throne and he is ably fitted. He's defended the title responsibly, professionally, and credibly against uh, uh, opponents like Lance Archer, against Brian Cage, uh, who I failed to mention by name earlier, against everybody. And to me, when people always mention, you know, well, who has he beaten? All I can say is real he's beaten everybody he's had to beat. He's beaten everybody they put in front of him. And for not just 934 days, but – you realize he is the sixth longest reigning champion of all time. When you take in cumulative reigns and we're talking about a championship that goes back to 1948 to quote Gary, nay all the way back to 1865 to William flag. (laughs) So (laughs) we've got a championship that I would argue is well over, you know, is approaching its second century in history. And Nick Aldis is, is suited for the time I'm working on a, on a scholarly piece of writing that I hope that, uh, you know, people that are more academically minded would uh would 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 be interested in, but just defending the credibility of of Nick Aldis, not not necessarily putting it as a reign that's greater than Dory Funk's or Lou Thez's, but at least placing it in the same in the same family, in the same breath, in the same uh menagerie of credible champions. When you look at the greats, the big dogs, I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time. I'm saying he's one of them. He's definitely in that conversation.
0: You're not going to find any arguments uh, on that point. Uh, we we do respect the reign of Nick Aldis, and uh, although I may question him from time to time on his methods, I will never credit or uh, question his credibility as the champion. So. Um, all right. Well, unless you guys have anything else, I guess we got to probably wrap this thing up. I love the talk in the chat. The NWA is alive and well. The, the chat going all about, everybody's ready to get there live. I can't I can't wait to see everybody there live. Maybe one day soon we'll get an announcement about that and we'll find out more people can be let in because I think everybody just wants to you know we, we, we've talked we were talking about it this past weekend. Uh, the doc and I just about one of the pilgrimages in professional wrestling uh, now will be the GPB studios to get there and see an NWA power live and in person. We're seeing people in the chat from Scotland even wanted to get over we've seen them from italy all over the world want to come to gpb studios to see nwa power and i can't wait to see you there because you can bet your sweet bippy i'll be there uh but anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh Gary, you fellas have Gary anything else
1: quotes tonight man i
0: know
1: i know you, you've got uh-huh. the quotes tonight dude uh no dude. it's a, it's great stuff i mean five. Follow- Follow us uh, at, at TIPW show everywhere on social media. If you like the history stuff, if you like hearing Rob drop knowledge like he just did on us, go follow us on TikTok uh, and on Instagram. I think we cross post some of that stuff, but make sure you're following us. Uh, Rob puts in a lot of work get, giving us daily history, uh, which is always really fun to follow along with. And if you like chatting like you are right now in in the chat here on the video, come join our discord.
0: Yes sir, you look account, at that so
1: come check that out. We have yeah, we have lively conversation and and it's it's a great community so come join us.
0: Yeah, you check out that Discord, a pid tweet on the uh, Twitter. I'm not sure if you said that will it cut out for just a minute there, but uh uh go to Twitter, pid tweet right there at the top. You can click on the link and join the Discord and hang out and chat with all of us and uh yeah, we're going to close this one down and we're going right into our history show. So if you yeah, definitely if you like hearing Rob Drop knowledge like that. You get a lot of it on that history show we do over at This Is Pro Wrestling. Again, wherever you can find podcasts. But uh, until next week, you guys, uh, this is Will Martin. This is Dr. Stinson. This is Gary Horde. Uh, If you follow us, we'll be back on Sunday. But, uh, you know, otherwise, we'll see you Tuesday. And until then, you guys, enjoy your gravy cake.